Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 128, which we're recording on Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And, and that was Nani. That's Nani the bird in the background. So she's very chatty today. So you'll probably hear little bits and pieces of Nani in the background. Yeah, she was out a little earlier. So she's in a playful mood. She's very cute. When I walked in, she was out walking on her cage, and I've never seen her out before, so it was very cute to see her out. So, we're here to talk about the knitting. What are you wearing? I am wearing my cowl neck vest, which I knit back in September of 2012, so this is a four-year-old sweater. Can you believe we knit these four Four years years ago? ago? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This project was from a book called Knit Red, Stitching for Women's Heart Health, which was a fantastic book that Gail and I both really liked. I think I've knit two sweaters from it, and Gail has actually knit this vest twice. And I just love mine. As the name implies, it has this wonderful cowl neck. And Less like a vest, maybe more like a cap sleeve or short sleeve I think of it as a cap sleeve sweater. Yeah. yeah. Button fronts. It's a fairly somewhat fitted sweater, but it's got two patch pockets and then this wonderful cowl neck. I knit mine in Malabrigo Rios, so the cowl is really squishy and cozy. And when I put it on this morning, it felt really good just love the cowl neck. I had forgotten about yeah, how nice nice it felt. And it feels good today. I'm wearing a long sleeve t-shirt underneath mine and it's just perfect. Perfect for today. So yeah, I'm very it, happy with mine. It's the cardigan version I think of her Idlewood yes. sweater. Yeah, I think Almost that's the a same pattern but this it. one's yeah. a cord- cardigan. Yeah, exactly. Mine is knit in the purpuras colorway, so it matches almost everything that I have. Yes, indeed, it would. (laughs) It's very purple. And great sweater, great project, and it was a good book for a cause. Yes. Yeah, it was. For women's heart awareness. Yeah, heart health awareness. Heart health awareness. Yeah, it had... If you haven't seen the book before, it had many featured designers, and each of them had their own little story about heart health and how they've been affected by it personally, and it was very poignant. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed that book. That's that's a book that's still on my shelf. Mine too. I think I will always hang on to that one because there are still other projects that I would like to knit someday. Yeah, me too. There's an infinity loop in it Mm -hmm. that I really like and some other projects as well. I should go back and look at that again. So how about you, Gail? What are you wearing? Well, I'm not wearing it at the moment, but my favorite sweater this last two weeks has been the Jenica sweater, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. It is one of her interesting constructions where you actually start with the cable that's in the center back, and then you work Mm. outward from that to form the yoke of the sweater. And it is a top button sweater with a hood, and it is not tunic length, but it covers my butt. And it has pockets on the side, and the cable in the back is really beautiful. It comes down, but it also goes all the way around the yoke, and it's really a beautiful design feature. And I knit that in my my favorite yarn, Madeline Tosh Erin, and I wanted to do a little recap on that yarn because my mom and I were talking about it last week, and she thought I was referring to the weight of yarn, A-R-A-N. Mm-hmm. But a common misconception. Exactly. This yarn, the base is called Erin, spelled E-R-I-N, like the woman's name. So not to be confused with an Erin weight yarn, it's almost an Erin weight yarn in my opinion. It's a very robust worsted weight, but it's a 100% wool, and the base is actually made by Imperial Stock Ranch, which we've talked about them in the past. They did that, the yarn for the Olympic sweater. Two years, not the last Olympics, but the Olympics before that, the Winter Olympics before that. They provided the yarn for that sweater. And the yarn that I love has been dyed by Madeline Tosh. So Imperial Stock Ranch provided the yarn, Madeline Tosh dyed the yarn, and Madeline Tosh no longer dyes that base of yarn. So to me, it's like the unicorn level of 
rarity where when you see it, you must buy it because you may never have a chance again. So I talk about it quite often because I've used it quite often. And actually my two cow neck vests, which is what Charlene's wearing, are both knit in Madeline Tosh Aaron yarn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Onyx mm. and fragrant. I I had forgotten that they were both in the same yarn. Yep. It's a perfect yarn for that. <laughs> so my Jenica is knit with Erin, but I think it's either charcoal or turn. So it's a beautiful, slightly tonal gray. And I love that sweater. It's the perfect thickness for when it's chilly and you just want to throw something on to go outside. So I'm really enjoying yeah. that sweater lately. That's Jenica by Hokey Locadelic. And we have an interesting episode today, don't we? Yes. We wanted to talk about some patterns, products, and books that have been sent to us in the past few months because it is coming up on the gift giving season. And if you have not already started making, it is prime gift making season. Indeed, <laughs> not just knitting. I like that gift yes. making. That was very gift generic. Making. I like that. Yes. So we have a few things. We're going to start with one. But before, actually, I'm going to jump in before you do that. Okay. We, on our, the last episode, we mentioned Knitvent, which mm -hmm. is Helen Stewart's annual collection of six patterns. And this year she has a guest designer who's joining her with two patterns in the collection, and that's Renee Callahan of East London Knit. And last week they sent out the second pattern, which is a beautiful Colorwork Cal, designed by Renee. And Helen was nice enough to give us five copies for a giveaway. And oh, I remembered yes. to draw winners before <laughs> we recorded. And Yay. I remembered to announce it on the podcast. This has never been done before. <laughs> so our five winners are Rochelle, who is R.L. Matthews, Lori, who is LaCour, Gabby J, Carrie, who is Carney 33, and Barb, who is Indigo13. And I actually have those codes, so I will be sending you... Well, actually, you'll just get the pattern in your library. So you'll get a note in Ravelry saying, you've just received a pattern. And I will let you know also, so you're not wondering where that came from. <laughs> so congratulations! That's Yay. a fun way to start the this kind of season of gift knitting, gift giving, etc. And is. another reminder about the Indie Gift Along. So Charlene and I were talking about that before we started recording. If you're not familiar with it, it's actually a group on Ravelry. So you should go check out the Indie Gift Along 2016 group. There is a thread in that group that is 14 pages long, and that's all posts from individual designers who are participating in the knit along. So for each post, you can click on the link to their pattern bundle, and each participating designer has a bundle of patterns that are discounted 25% during this first week. And after that, any pattern, I believe, by that designer is eligible for the knit along itself. So I spent <clears throat> a little while that I was supposed to be working yesterday browsing <laughs> that 14 pages of designers who are participating. That's and a lot. It is. To go through. It's a lot. There mm -hmm. are beautiful, beautiful designs available for a discount. And to tie this back to our last episode, I was stalking a new-to-me designer named Christina Gerlanda, and she is participating in the Indie Gift Along, and one of the sweaters I was stocking is in her bundle, so 25% off of the Ethos sweater. Cool. So I was stoked when I saw that. I was like, right on. I'm going to go from <laughs> stocking to purchasing, and then I have some Erin in stock in my stash, and I'm going to knit that sweater. Excellent. So, yeah. A gift knitting for myself. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Okay. So the first item that we want to talk about is actually a collection of patterns that is available as an e-download on Ravelry. I believe you purchase all the patterns as a set. Is that correct? Yes, it is. This is a ebook of four patterns, and it's called Point Counterpoint. Four designs from Sacha Shira and Kino Knits. So they've each done two patterns. Their accessories including a hat, cowl, mitts, and shawl. And the way they did this was kind of interesting. As I understand it, they each knit one piece, one accessory, and then sent that accessory 
to each other and then used that piece for inspiration for the third and fourth piece. So that's how it became a four-piece four piece collection. Collaborative. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to look at your design and base my accompanying design on what you did. Yeah. Exactly. And it is volume one, so I have hope that they're going to do this again, because I think it was a really cool idea. And I, I have some of the... heard somewhere, I can't remember where, that there were second, there was a second or possibly more in the works. Cool. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, four patterns, a hat, cowl, mitts, and a shawl. I, I quite liked the hat design. The hat design is called a lichka. And it's got little cables on it, but the cables are in the shape of the little awareness ribbons. You know, those ribbons that you see people have for different awareness of illnesses and diseases, such as like the breast cancer mm -hmm. awareness is the pink ribbon. So this hat has what looks to be a little ribbon all the way around it. So even though the hat is just knit in one color, you can knit the hat in a color to go for your specific cause, your specific awareness. Pink for breast cancer. Yes, or, yeah. exactly. So I thought that was pretty key. That was one I of my favorites, that. too. Yeah. That's in my queue now. And what did you like from the collection? You were saying you liked the shawl. I did, but I also wanted to mention that the hat is sized from newborn to large adult. So great range of pattern sizes in that, as are the... Which was the other one that was? The mitts are sized four to six years through adult mm -hmm. extra large. So great sizing on those yes. two accessories. Yeah, this, the shawl was actually my favorite. It's called Snowfall on the Mountains, and it's by Sarah. And she is also Prairie Poppins on Ravelry, and Imagined Landscapes is her design name. She has a podcast with her sister. And the shawl is beautiful. It's a two-color shawl, and it's only... You would call it a single skein, meaning in her description, it says 300 to 437 yards. And she did it in a gradient. So the gradient is blues and greens. And then there's a very neutral, it's probably a natural yarn, not white, but natural for the contrast, which is, if she says you're only knitting in one color, one color per every row, row yes. but it looks like color work. So it does. I didn't really look at cool. the pattern to see exactly what the stitch was, but it's really beautiful. And there's some is. different textures at the border too. So it's, it's very unique. It has beautiful, you know, with between the gradient and the different textures happening in the border, it's a gorgeous shawl. And I've been thinking that my gradient from fresh from the cauldron might oh. work for that really well. If I found the right contrast. Yeah. So. so the mitts that they did, she also uses a gradient color-changing type yarn, but long color change yeah, as opposed long, yeah. to something, yeah, something that stripes. This doesn't stripe, but she did the mitts, and she didn't do them exactly, but the mitts also color change. And that is, it's in a yarn called Heritage Wave from Cascade, and so the wrist end of the mitt starts in one color and it gradually goes to a different color at the fingers. I thought that was cool. Yeah, very cool. And the mitts were the companion to the shawl and the mitts were by Mary, who is Kino from Kino Knits. And that's mm -hmm. also a podcast. Yeah. And the other, the fourth pattern is the Beach House Breeze Cowl, which was by Sarah. And that's another one of those cowl slash almost cape that you can pull yes. down over your shoulders, which yes. I love the idea of. I love the idea of that too, because I love my star showers, but you guys know that I've made two star showers. And after making the second one, I decided as much as I love the wearing of the star shower, I did not like the knitting mm -hmm. of the star shower. So I will not be making another one of those, <laughs> but I still love the idea of the cowl slash cape or shawl. Yeah. I don't know which is the proper word. I think it's just a larger shawl or no, that <laughs> a larger <laughs> cowl that you can pull over your shoulders or scrunch up around your neck. So this one might be a possibility for me. It's knit in sport weight yarn and it takes 600 yards. And I was thinking that I actually have 
a couple 600 yard skeins in fingering weight and it might be something that I would want to try in fingering weight. Yeah, I think it would be very easy to do that in fingering instead. And interestingly, that's a bottom up cowl. So typically I would, the cows that I've typically knit are top down where you start with the narrow part and go to the wider part. And this is the reverse of that. And it's also, it has a lot of texture. It has, um, I think it's twisted stitch cable, but I'm not sure. And some lace pattern. And it's the accompaniment to those Alichka mitts. So, or I'm sorry, the hat, Alichka hat. So Mm. the same, it's a very similar type of cable and ribbon motif to it. So it's really a cute, little set i yeah i like the idea of it yeah i like the patterns themselves it's listed on ravelry as a set you buy all four patterns it's very reasonably priced and i think that if you're looking for some items for gift knitting or a gift for a knitter or self-indulgent knitting or (laughs) self-indulgent knitting it's a good thing so i guess i could say that about almost everything everything we're going to talk about for sure. So congratulations, Sarah and Mary. That's a great collection. And I look forward to volume two. Mm -hmm. Super fun. Now, number two is a book. So we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between eBooks and products and hardcover books. So this book is called the knitters journal from swatch to stash. And it's by a new to us company called Jane's knitting kits.com. And this is I would say ideal for beginner knitters. It's a great resource, but I think that it's better for a beginner than a more experienced knitter because it has a lot of um, resources and references in the beginning. So your standard knitting symbols, graph symbols, knitting abbreviations, yarn fibers and weights, standard measurements, which is actually pretty cool, standard measurements for like sweaters and socks and such. And then there are a lot of blank pages where you can keep track of your knitting book library, your needle collections, things for which you want to knit. You can keep lists and things like that. And then the next part of the book is called Projects and Planning. And it has sections that have little, on not envelopes, but, you know, like little, I want to say peachy folders. Oh, yes. Where you can <laughs> slide your swatch in. So for any project oh, okay. that you want to work on, there are graph pages where you can keep notes and or sketch designs. And then there's the little envelope page where you can put a swatch in the little envelope. And then it has places where you can write down the notes of the item that you're swatching for. And a needle inventory. Yeah, a needle inventory in the beginning of that section. So there are about five or six or seven, six or seven of those little sections so that you could work on, you know, six or seven different projects in this book. There's plenty of graph paper, so you wouldn't be limited to six or seven designs worth of sketching, but there are six or seven little envelope pages. And then they also have the needle inventory. And at the back, they have a needle gauge measure. So there's a little, you know, hole so that you can size your needles that would tell you it's the metric rating here. And then there's a gauge swatch maker. And then there's also this yarn stash page, these series of pages where you can actually keep track if you wanted to in this notebook of the yarn maker color, etc. And there are little punched out holes. So you could actually put a little bit of the yarn in the book if you wanted to, to keep track of it all in one place, which is kind of a cool idea because in Ravelry, you can see it all, but you can't see it see it you can actually touch it yeah (laughs) you you can't see the physical bits so I think that's a kind of fun I don't know if I would go through the trouble of doing that necessarily but if I had done that when I started knitting and started creating my stash it would have been a more manageable thing to do and then I might have and it is spiral bound it lays flat and it has one of those cool little elastic things where you can either hold the book closed and or mark your page yeah I and Gail said this already, but I want to reiterate that too. I think it's great for beginners. And the reason I want to say that is because when I started knitting, my mom gave me a book that was very similar to this. There are other, there there have been knitters journals over the years. This one is the largest one that I've seen, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I like, it's a nice size. Yeah, I like this size because it is bigger than the other ones that I've seen. But it's Actually, it's really fun to go back and look at mine. I still have my knitter's journal from 
14, 15 years That's ago. That's cool. See? And it's kind yeah. of fun. Of course, it was pre-Ravelry, too. So I didn't have Ravelry to keep track of those projects and that's that's part of the fun but it, it's interesting to go back and see what you did ultimately I ended up running out of pages in the book and I had to photocopy pages I ended up photocopying pages so that I could stick them in a binder mm-hmm. and continue on with it and I didn't continue on with it for that long because I started knitting too more many more things. More, yeah. yeah, and then after a while, it just seemed really silly to keep a page for a scarf or something. But it was fun to go back and look at what I was interested in, what I knit. Well, you know our teach one, knit one yes. idea? Yeah. Or knit one, teach one, I think is what it was. This would be a really cool Christmas gift to give to someone who has talked about wanting to knit. Yeah. To give them this book with yarn and needles or yeah. something. And then they could start their whole knitting career right. with a book to start keeping right. track of. And then you could refer back to it. And that right. would be really fun. Yeah, it would be fun. So that would, would be a be really fun. good Christmas gift or holiday gift kind of package for a friend, you know, who you want to get them started knitting. I agree. That's a fun <laughs> one. Okay, item number three. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I have all my notes here and I have to flip back and forth to find, <laughs> find which one we're doing next. Oh, Gansey Kids by Meg Roke. So this was a new-to-me designer. Meg reached out to us and asked if we'd be interested in looking at her collection of 10 patterns. So the title of the collection inspired me to look up the word Gansey because I wasn't sure what it meant. And I found out Gansey is synonymous with Guernsey, and she actually describes it in the book. She does. She says a Gansey is a fisherman sweater from the British Isles. And she goes on to talk a little bit about why they were knit, because they were waterproof and wind resistant. They were created for male family members for practicality, sweaters to be worn as Sunday best. But then they were also made for income as well. And one of the things, I went out and did some extra research on my own just because I was so interested in the idea. And they also said that it was... Usually, the Guernsey was traditionally knitted by the fishermen's wives, and the pattern passed down from mother to daughter through the generations, which is pretty darn cool. Pretty darn cool. And they date back to the late 15th century. So, pretty historical things we have here. So, to the collection. Ten patterns. Ten patterns. And the models are her daughter and her son. Yes. (laughs) Seven-year-old Emma and four-year-old Tommy. And she did... Also mentioned specifically that it has been professionally technically edited as well as professionally photo- photographed. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Five accessories and five garments. And I think it's important to note that the accessories, the sizing for the accessories goes all the way through to adult sizes. So half the collection is for adults and children, even though it's called Gansy Kids. <laughs> And then the garments, she's got, let's see, a capelet, two vests, a pullover, and a cardigan. Yeah, the cardigan and the pullover are very similar to each other. They're called patches. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of imagine they're they're a drop-shouldered, square-shaped gansy, she said, and then they have elbow patches. So they have that kind of traditional uh, kind of college professor-ish look to them. I like them for little kids. I think they're that's kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. And those are worsted weight. A lot of the designs are worsted weight in this collection. Some are DK and one was sport, I think. But they would knit up very quickly in worsted weight yarn as well, especially for a small little person. Mm -hmm. And the sizes go, it looks like, from age 1 to 12 years for the garments. Mm -hmm. As, As I mentioned before, the accessories go through to adult sizes and the patterns all have schematics which I liked yeah I like that important touch yes so you can figure out what size to make what were some of your favorites well my one favorite piece from the collection was the cape I'm flipping through right now to look for it coastal coastal cape is what it was called and it's really cute it's somewhat like 
an oversized cowl in the fact that it's just a, a larger tube that you pull over your shoulders, but it's got a drawstring at the top so that you can pull it in so that it doesn't slip over your shoulders, of course. Very simple. It looks like something that would be really fun to knit, really easy to wear for kids, too, because there's no sleeves to put in and out, but it's just a fun little piece. Yeah, I, I think can, I would wear it. <laughs> I know. I would totally wear that. And I think I'm going to be knitting it for baby Layla, who I will give an update on who baby Layla is in a little <laughs> bit. But I see that in my knitting future. Yeah. It's very cute. Very, Some of my cute. favorites were the inshore leg warmers. And there's an inshore cowl. And her description is, it's a sampler of classic Gansey textured stitch patterns. So you can imagine the leg warmers have these different stitch patterns going down the length of your foot versus, or leg rather. And the cowl is the same way, going down the length of the cowl. So a kind of fun way to experiment with different textured stitches and to have a very nice cozy accessory when you're done mm -hmm. or set of accessories mm -hmm. in the case of the leg warmer super cute yeah. super super cute the hat which she actually calls a cap color coats color coats cap it's cute with a pom-pom on top and kind of a little it looks like an arrow motif going around that looks really cute yeah i put that one in my queue yeah that will be a fun knit yeah and then there's the cowl of course which i think is great for kids and also, as mentioned, size through adults. Yep. So super cute little patterns for kids. And, you know, we always like little kid patterns because they're so quick to knit, mm -hmm. especially in the worst <laughs> So Absolutely. that was Gansey Kids by Meg Roke. R-O-K-E is how you spell her last name. So thank you for sending that our way, Meg. And let's see which one is next. You Can Knit That by Amy Herzog. Now, this is the latest book in Amy's knit I guess it's knit to flatter knit, knit to flatter and knitwear love were the first two and so now you can knit that <laughs> by Amy Herzog the subtitle is foolproof instructions for fabulous sweaters and let's see I think we're Amy Herzog really excels is in teaching women how to fit sweaters and teaching women an awareness of fit. So rather than just knitting something because you think it's the correct size, because it's the bust size or the shoulder size, just picking rather than just picking a number, she has made all of us aware that none of us fit. A pattern exactly yep. and that we all need to tweak a little bit if we want the pattern to fit a certain way because you don't know how clothes fit on the model exactly we don't get to know model sizes and how much ease there is on each part of the garment nobody gives that kind of detailed right. information so in order to make a garment fit you the way you want, you have to be a little proactive, take charge of your own knitting, and change things up a little bit sometimes. And I think that's that's largely where Amy's strength is, in making all of us aware of that. And, and making us aware that our bodies are fine the way they are, and we don't yes, have to fit some type yes. of ideal. I love the way she communicates that so effectively, yeah. and she's kind of life-changing for a lot of people. So if you haven't checked out her Craftsy class, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So the patterns in this book, I want to say they're classic in the sense that I don't think any of these patterns will be going out of style. They're all pretty basic. They're not, there's nothing in here that's groundbreakingly different. There's some, a lot of shapes and things that we've seen before. There's drop-shouldered cardigans. There's a raglan pullover. There isn't anything that looks really different, but used with the instructions on how to personalize it, that's what makes it different. Yeah, that's the selling point yeah. of the book. Yeah. And I wanted to point out also that her previous book, Knit to Flatter, the styles in that book are very fitted. 
And I think they are all exclusively set in shoulder sweaters. Mm -hmm. And the styles in this book are very different. They are much less fitted and they have different constructions. So very, it's a big deviation, I think, from her previous book. She did talk about that a little bit, I believe, in the introduction. She was saying that this book here, unlike some of the sweaters you've seen from from me before, the sweaters in this book represent the whole universe of hand-knit sweaters. From boxier, looser, swathy and luscious fabric, open cardigans, to casual, comfortable beachwear, to the colorwork sweater that made you want to be a knitter in the first place. So she is looking beyond what her strength has been in the past. Which and is her aesthetic the, the in the fitted, past. Her aesthetic, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's probably a better word. But the patterns have really good size range. That was the first thing I've noticed. Most of the patterns go from low 30s to about 60-inch bust. And each pattern also has a child's version. Yeah. Because each chapter begins with a mini exercise, which is to knit a sweater similar to the style in that chapter, but in a child-sized garment, which I think is pretty darn ingenious. So each chapter has four patterns, and one is the child-sized garment. So, for example, if you wanted to learn to knit a drop-shoulder sweater, the first pattern in the drop-shoulder section is a child's drop shoulder pattern and then she goes on to make variations of that look for adult sweaters i mentioned that because my favorite piece from the book is a drop shoulder cardigan called the revive cardigan and that one is just open front cardigan with the drop shoulders they they show it belted which i think it's probably a necessity because I'm not sure how well a drop-shouldered sweater would stay on the shoulders if it were just open. So that might be something to think about now that I look at it. <laughs> well, and one of the notes that I have here is a sad face, and it says, not many photos, no back pictures. So there are oh, no I, pictures you know of the backs of the garments. I did notice that too because there was one... And I can't remember which one that I was looking at, and I was looking for a back, but as I flip through the book, you're absolutely right. There's not a single photo of, of the, the back. back of the sweater. Yeah. And there aren't any close-ups of detail, really. I mean, some of them you get kind of a close-up of the shoulder, maybe, but there isn't any detail. I would, And I would call this a pattern book. It's not like her previous books that have a lot, a lot, a lot of information of about instruction. Yeah, and yeah. modifications and your own measurements and things like that. This is pretty much a pattern book, but it doesn't have the pictures that would support a pattern book. And of all the children's sweaters, they only show them on a hanger. They don't show them on the body. So, I mean, a child sweater, you can kind of visualize it on the body. But when I first looked through the book before I actually started reading it, I didn't realize that those were children's sweaters. So when I actually, you know, took the time to read it and understand what the book was all about, it's like, oh, so that's Mm -hmm. not even a sweater I would knit for myself. So that was kind of a surprise too. There were some others that I liked. So you liked that cardigan in... The drop in the shoulder. drop shoulder section. There's one in the raglan section called the Entangled Raglan. It's on page 118. Charlene has the book, so she's flipping for me. Yeah, I like that one. So that I, one I must cute. be having a thing for the top button sweater because <laughs> it's another just button, three buttons at the top. Simple raglan shaping on the sleeves. It's a very simple, straightforward sweater. It is. But it's super cute, too. It is cute. Three-quarter sleeves. And it's just cute. Yeah. Along that vein, I liked along the top button type garment. I really liked the woodcutter vest. I don't often wear a lot of vests, but this one is just so darn cute. It is cute. (laughs) And it has a jewel closure. It does. Which I thought was very cool. It's just a simple vest knit without any closures. And it is... I don't know. Let's see. This one is knit in pieces. So it's about as straightforward as could be. Three pieces knit from the bottom up, one back, two fronts, ribbing along the front, ribbing along the bottom, 
ribbing along a somewhat scoop neck, and then the jewel closer, jewel closure holding it closed. Yep. Yeah. So that was You Can Knit That by Amy Herzog. All right. And the next one is another ebook, I believe, flipping through my pages here. Wrestling pages. <laughs> Zen Variations for the Fiber Company. So this was sent to us by Renee Callahan of East London Knits. And I mentioned her earlier because she is the guest designer on the Knitvent collection for 2016. And she designed six sweaters for use with Fiber Company yarns. And they are all Zen knitting, which meant meditative for her. Top-down, set-in sleeves, Simple, clean designs to showcase the rustic beauty of the yarns. So I think it's important to mention that this is a collection, not an ebook, because so. I have what I have in my Ravelry library is six individual patterns rather than one publication, which is fine. So these but can be just, purchased separately. They can I be purchased yeah. separately, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. And six sweaters. And I guess the intention behind the Zen idea is that each sweater begins the same way. They all start top down with set in sleeve, and then each sweater develops differently. They each have a, a name that has a Japanese translation, and then they each have a different style. There's a boat neck, a crew neck, a deep V pullover, a deep V pullover vest, a wrap cardigan, and then a collared jacket type cardigan. And that's not a vest, actually. It's a sweater. It's just the sleeves are a different color. Oh, okay. And it looks. I thought it was a vest at first glance, too, because the shirt she's wearing underneath it is almost the same color as the sleeve. So I it looks like it's look a vest. That. Yeah. yeah, that the one that we that looks like a vest, there's another sweater similar to it in the collection. They are both wrap style so that also i think to me makes it look like a vest but it does have sleeves oh, yeah those two wrap styles are are interesting i like the idea of wraps i do too yeah i think yeah. one of them might be a side closure but it looks like a wrap yeah and the other one does tie it back yeah the one that i really noticed was the takumi sweater and takumi means it's the Japanese word for artisan, which I thought was kind of neat. Mm -hmm. And this is the cardigan that features, let's see, a flattering wrap style with a longer length, three-quarter sleeves, and is finished with I-cord trim worked simultaneously with the sweater, which is nice. You don't have to go back and finish off I-cord like at the idea. very end. Yeah. <laughs> you do it at the end of each row so that it goes along with you. And it wraps, it has longer fronts that you bring around to the back and then tie in the back. And it's a longer sweater, tunic length. Yes, I would call that tunic length. And very casual. I like that one. I really liked that. How about you? Did you? Yeah, my favorite is Kazen is probably not how it's pronounced, but it's what it looks like, which is Japanese for continuous improvement. And it's oh, a cardigan. It's the only button-up cardigan in the collection. And it has four pockets. So little oh, pockets yes. at the bottom. And then two pockets kind of at the lapels that have little flaps on the top, that button closed. And it has just a nice little, like almost like a polo shirt kind of collar. Yeah, I liked that one too. I almost thought it had the look of kind of a jean jacket with the collar. Oh, kind, kind of. of thing. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't I, thought of that. I like it. Especially with the little flat pockets. Mm -hmm. And that's knit in a DK weight. So, and again, these are all fiber company yarns. So, and if you look at the, the page in Ravelry that shows all six, oops, I clicked on the wrong link that shows all six of the Zen variations, they all do have that fiber company look to them because of the yarn. It's, I think she did a really good job of designing for the yarn. So the yarn is called Acadia. Yep, the and DK, it's sorry. a DK weight and it's 60% merino, 20% silk, 20% alpaca. The, a lot of the fiber company yarns are blends, mm -hmm. and they do a really good job with those blends. I really love 
feeling the fiber company yarns. They always feel very luscious. They have some yarns that have unusual elements to them. They have one yarn, I think, that has a little bit of camel to it. And then I know that yarn that I used Meadow. had some linen mm -hmm. to it. So merino silk alpaca. Sounds luscious. It does sound luscious, <laughs> doesn't it? All right. So that was Zen Variations for the Fiber Company by Renee Callahan. And our next one is Crochet Therapy. And this is a, a real book, not an ebook, by <laughs> Betson Corkhill. And one of the quotes that I liked is expert in the use of therapeutic fiber arts for improving health and wellness as well as managing illness. She's a trained physiotherapist and founder of the organization Stitch Links. And we all know how therapeutic knitting is, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of using it to improve health and wellness and manage illness is just the coolest thing to me. It's very interesting. The quote that I wrote down is that it's a book to use the calming practice of crochet to inspire a more mindful way of life and to discover your inner creative spirit. So she talks about using crochet to kind of just develop that calm, use that calm, and well, develop the calm and then use that calm, take that calmness to other parts of your life. Well, and she also says uh, you don't need to be an expert to reap the benefits. So you don't need to be a crochet or knitting master to use these crafts to calm yourself or to get the health benefits out of it. And there was also, I made a note to myself, read bottom left paragraph on page <laughs> eight <laughs> and top right of page 16. Oh, okay. Crochet can be an effective tool to help you on the way to whole person health. It can teach you valuable life skills such as patience, perseverance, and planning. It gives you a tool to manage your emotions when times get rough. It can lift your mood when you feel down, make you smile when you feel sad, and be your friend when you feel lonely. Use your craft to keep stress levels low or to conquer addictive habits such as smoking or snacking. So not only is it good for you know, the mental part of things, but there are physical benefits right. to it as well. So right. I like being reminded of that. And I think a lot of times I forget that. I think, oh, this is so good for me. It, you know, it helps improve my mood, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. But it also does some other things for us as well that I think as knitters and crafters, sometimes we forget, especially when my hands hurt because I'm doing the same right. stitch over and over. So I should switch to crochet every once in a while because it would be good for me. It uses different muscles. Yeah, it yes. does. Yes. So the book also includes, now that you mention it, a page of hand type exercises. And then the way it's organized, it has 10 exercises for you to go through and each has two projects which and is the, an interesting way to design a book right yeah <laughs> because it's not necessarily about the projects no I wouldn't say it is yeah. really either it's about connecting the project to a sensation you want to experience like calm, calm or energy yeah. or relaxed exactly. or refreshed yeah and my favorite was chapter seven finding joy Mm. just because that's my thing <laughs> yeah and then there are all kinds of little projects accessories items like crocheted balls there's a shawl coasters a little wall hanging they're actually really cute some of them are precious projects yeah. and she does also so each chapter starts with an exercise and she does describe how the pattern supports the exercise. So what the pattern itself is doing to promote what the exercise was meant to promote. So I thought that was cool too. It's not just, oh, here's an idea, now go knit this. But here's an idea and here's why knitting this will help you. Yeah. So that's cool. And actually, my favorite patterns were in chapter 10, the friendship pattern. There's that flowered quilt, which... There's a similar pattern on Ravelry called the Molly Flower. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I've wanted to do a scarf like that. And she yeah. does it as a whole quilt. It's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So pretty. And then she has some little bracelets. Yeah. That would be super fast and easy to do. I like the little washcloths. I liked the little wall hanging. 
There were actually quite a few things I liked in this book. I'm not sure my crochet skills are quite there yet, but I really oh, like she says this. you don't have to be an expert. Well, I know, I know. But follow your heart wall hanging That's with cute. little hearts strung. I think that would look so it's almost cute like a bunting in a child's room. Yeah, it's precious. Yeah. And there is an excellent technique section at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So even if you don't feel like your crochet skills are very good or you don't know how to crochet at all, it is really easy. I think it's easier to do the knitting. And there are excellent instructions in the back. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a different kind of take on a how-to book. Brings in a different element. Finding your zen. <laughs> well, and I think also along the idea of gift giving and bringing people into our craft, if you had someone who would be open to crochet who is maybe having some illness that they're dealing with or some stress in their life, this might be a really good gift to people who are open to that. I don't think everyone's right. open to it, but right. for someone who is, I think this would be a really cool gift with some yarn and crochet hooks. I do too. I think it might also be a good book for a beginning crocheter. Oh, yeah. Somebody who perhaps does another craft and would be, like you said, would be open to the Zen part of the book and is just starting out. I, I think it would be because there's a pretty good instruction section. And the pictures are magnificent. Yeah. Really great photography really great, not just in the how-to section, but the projects themselves. Yeah, It's a great book. I was really impressed. And I have to admit, when I first looked at the cover, I thought, oh, goodness, <laughs> what is this? And oh, I was so impressed when I yeah. opened it up. I really, I, I really enjoy the book a lot. I think the variation of projects is very well chosen and yep. very well conceived. And that, again, is Crochet Therapy, and the author is Betson Corkhill. So the next item we want to talk about is different. It's a knitting kit, which includes yarn and a pattern. And this is from Jane's Knitting Kits, the company that did the Knitter's Journal that we talked about a couple items ago. And this kit is for the Flying Geese Textured Cowl from Jane's Knitting Kits. And it comes with a pattern, a skein of yarn, that is, let's see, it's Universal Yarns, 100% wool, deluxe worsted. I look at it, and to me, it's a basic wool, somewhat like Cascade 220. Yeah, what, what it other, looks like to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. what, there's uh, shepherd's wool, yeah. that kind of thing, just along those lines. Basic wool, a great little pattern, I have to say. The pattern looks, it looks... It's not not too hard and not too basic. It's got a nice pattern to it, like it's a textured cowl. And I like the flying geese pattern yeah. that stitched. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and I like it. It comes in. Oh, it comes in this cute little. The bag is really cute. Bag. Yeah, <laughs> lift this up so that Gail can see it. It comes in a cute little pink shopping bag. Metallic pink. Metallic. That says. Jane's designer yarn patterns all bundled together and it has a price point of US $18 so under $20 for yarn and a pattern and a little project bag yeah I thought it was a great value I think that's a great value too because that skein of yarn alone will cost you close to 18 yeah yeah So. so I think it's a great value and not only a nice gift idea for a a knitter, but you can purchase the pa- purchase the kit for yourself and make it for a yeah. non-knitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So lots of options here. <laughs> or knit it for yourself. Or knit it for yourself. Notice yeah. that I always come back to self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're headed in January. Exactly. I'm already my brain is already in self-indulgent knitting mode. Yeah. So I think it's a great little value. Like I said, a cute little kit. I know on the website that you can get it in one, two, three, four colors. It's a Merlot, a nice maroon color, a lapis, a raspberry, and a Kelly green, which is the skein of yarn that I have here. It looks like a Christmassy green. Yeah, it's not 
yeah, it's pretty Christmassy. Yeah. Not like Christmas tree, but Christmas Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like the color a lot. Yeah, it's a nice color. And I think it's a great value for a kit. The cowl looks... I like the cowl I like the a cowl lot. Yeah. a lot. Yeah, I do too. So that was Jane's Knitting Kits Flying Geese Textured Cowl. And our last item is my favorite of all of the items that we're reviewing. And that was just coincidentally saved to the last. <laughs> it is Nora Gon's new book called The Knitted Cable Sourcebook. It's really cool. It's a hardcover book that is a designer or individual's dream who wants to go out and substitute cables for things. There are 150 stitch patterns and I would call it a pretty advanced book in terms of the patterns and the cable patterns are pretty advanced. I mean, some, some of, them, of them are. They're yeah. amazing. They're yeah. beautiful, there's, like almost like a tapestry level. There's a lot in here. Yeah, it's a very robust book. One book. When you pick up the book, it feels heavy. It, it feels does. Good. It's a very well-made, dense, like great resource it's, book. Yeah, it's got... When you open it up, it's got the thick pages, glossy the thick paper. glossy paper, the photographs. Well, there's a swatch that has been photographed for each cable pattern next to the chart, as well as written directions. So you can follow either the written or the chart for each cable. And the pictures are beautifully done. Very crisp. Very well Beautiful swatches. And they aren't just tiny swatches. They're significantly sized swatches. So you can really see it. Not just like a little thumbnail. So I liked the fact that the photographs were big enough and clear enough that you could really see the cable pattern. And there were six chapters. So essentials, basics. And the basics were ropes, braids, and horseshoes. Then there was a, check, a section about adding breadth, so to make your cables wider. The fourth was expanding. The fifth was finding motifs. And the sixth was drawing. So the drawing one, they were so complex and beautiful. They were really like a textured picture, like drawings. Something made out of cables. Oh, yeah. so cool. Really interesting. And really Oregon, I love her patterns. I still haven't knit one. I've tried to knit Times Square, but... <laughs> She has such a unique, not just aesthetic, but designs. Like her, she has interesting construction in a lot of things, mm -hmm. and she's never going to bore you. And this book is so no. true to that. And some of the patterns in it are really, really neat. Yeah. Poorly named, but neat. <laughs> <laughs> so in the introduction, Nora explains that there really can't be an all-encompassing encyclopedia of cables because there are just too many in use and she believes that more cables are being imagined and created and used all the time so she calls this book a guide to knitting with cables and designing your own is actually the subtitle of the book and one of the unique things about this book is that she uses a system that she calls SSE for stock in it stitch equivalent so that you can figure out how to work a cable into a stockinette portion of knitting, such as if you have a sweater and you want to add your own cable to it, let's say you have a cable, you want to put a cable down the sleeve. When you use a cable, it will pull the yarn in a lot more than just straight stockinette stitch will. <laughs> I'm waving my hands in the air because I have a real life story for this. And so, you have the cable down the sleeve, or you want to add a cable down the sleeve, you look on the cable that you're interested in and see what the stockinette stitch equivalent is, and you'll learn how many stitches you need to add, for example, to that sleeve to still have the same amount of ease and make it fit properly. And each cable has the stockinette stitch equivalent. And if you didn't understand that, I'm going to let Gail tell her sleeve story. So mine's reverse <laughs> of that. So my Gen, not my Jenica, my Citadel that I'm knitting, I wanted to modify the sleeves to omit the cable going down the sleeves. Well, if I had 
had this book in my possession and could identify the particular cable, I would have seen the stockinette stitch equivalent and I could have removed that number of stitches from my sleeve because what happened to me was I just went by the pattern, of course, not thinking, oh, you're, you're eliminating a cable, so you're going to have too many stitches. So then when I tried the sweater on, of course, the sleeve was like six inches too big around because the cable's not there to pull the stitches in. <laughs> so the stockinette stitch equivalent works both ways. So right, very good exactly, to know. Exactly. So if Gail's cable had been in this book, she could have looked and seen the stockinette stitch equivalent and known how many stitches to subtract exactly. to make that sleeve fit. And I've never seen that discussed in this way in another book where she says definitive, where the author says definitively, this cable takes this many stitches in the stockinette. I thought that was interesting. That's really nice because then you can factor it into a hat or a sweater or anything and your garment won't look distorted or well, not fit properly. Right. Or... So the other thing that's helpful is the way the cables are divided. They're divided by number of stitches. So for example, if you have a hat pattern that has an eight stitch cable or a 12 stitch cable, you can go to the section for eight stitches or 12 stitches and find a different cable to swap in and make your garment, hat, whatever, look different. That's cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. And so there's 152 cable patterns and 15 garments and accessory patterns are included in the book. And for each pattern, she also gives you that information for substituting cables. So for example, we have here a wrap and then there's a whole section on cable substitution. And she says, to maintain wrap proportions, aim for a cable panel that has a stockinette stitch equivalent between X and Y so that you can go into the book and look for something to swap it out. That is fabulous. It personal. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It teaches you a lot. It teaches you a lot about how your fabric will lie after you've cabled, let me say. <laughs> pull in too much or yeah, I can I can completely visualize that, but I'm mm -hmm. having trouble putting it into words. <laughs> That's because we're done with the reviews and my brain knows it, I think. Brain tired. Yeah. Yes. That was my favorite, I think, of all of them though, the knitted cable source book by Nora Gon. And I just wanted to mention too that she's got lots of information in there about swatching cables about how to count rows between cables. It, sometimes that's, I have that trouble with really that. That was really helpful. Yeah. yeah, I have trouble with that. And then um, interesting tip about using duplicate stitch to go back and hide a miscrossed cable that maybe you don't want to go back and re-knit. <laughs> like on your Citadel. Carol was there with me. We both had little Citadel cable mishaps, not because of the pattern, but because of our own lapse of attention, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, so great book. Really great as a resource, especially if you're a designer or want to swap out and do some cable experimentation. And Gail and had beautiful. mentioned, yeah, Gail had mentioned that the photographs were really nice. On the cover, it gives Jared Flood credit for the oh, photographs. Right, he's yeah. a photographer. I forgot so to mention that. It's and the size of it, it's a big book. It it could almost be a coffee table almost, book for yeah. a knitter. For a knitter, exactly. You'd have to yeah, it'd have to be in a house that's mostly occupied by knitters to really get a lot of reading. But yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's right at the top of my notes. Beautiful photos by Jared Flood. Yeah. And I forgot to mention it. <laughs> All right, so hopefully you found some useful things in those reviews that you can use either for your own self-indulgent knitting or holiday knitting or holiday gift giving for the knitters in your lives or the budding possible knitters and crocheters <laughs> in your lives. Yeah. You know, anyone who we can convert to the craft and exactly. bring them on over. Yeah. And hopefully that was good in time for any 
holiday-related purchases you're making because in the U.S. it is Thanksgiving this week and this podcast will come out on America's Black Friday, which I'm almost ashamed of. It's a kind of a glutton of shopping. But we also have something fabulous called Small Business Saturday. So it's an effort to support small businesses in your community, and I will be spending some of my dollars at the Swift Stitch on Saturday, and I think I'm going to be purchasing yarn for the cowl from Knitvent 2016. Mm -hmm. I have some, it's for Malabriga Rios, and I have some in my stash, and I need a neutral to go with it. So I know you have some beautiful (laughs) Rios at the shop. And I do have to just do a little update here. So I mentioned in the last episode that my best friend from high school, like, eighth grade through our 20s, her daughter, her 22-year-old daughter, is pregnant. She's not pregnant anymore because she had the baby (laughs) yesterday. Layla Noel was born, and I got to see her today right before we recorded, and so precious. So I got to deliver the entrechat, baby entrechat shrug that I knit. They didn't open it while I was there, but Josie went and picked out a beautiful little frilly pink dress that was completely impractical for a three-month-old child, but She got a three-month size, and it looked adorable with the shrug, and there will be pictures up on my Ravelry page. And I also wanted to put a plug in for Melissa Martin. Melissa has been one of our listeners, I think, since the beginning. She was, she, I know she's participated in, I think, every knit along we've ever had, and she just opened her first Etsy shop, and I was her very first customer, which was cool. She sent us project bags that she made, I think, last year. Yeah. She has something unique to offer. She actually takes wool sweaters and felts them and uses the felted fabric to make project bags and little adorable teddy bears and blankets and all sorts of cute things. And I purchased one of her little teddy bears that was all shades of pink and they're almost like patchwork. They have little pieces of felted fabric all sewn together and it was just precious. It went really well with the shrug and the dress and I hope you go check out Melissa's store. I know that she put information about it into our coupons and enabling thread in the Ravelry group. So I think it's so Melissa is her Instagram name. You can find her that way too, but really, really cute stuff. Very well made and I'm wish her all the best yeah so for holiday purchasing (laughs) if you're in the market for teddy bears or project bags you can never go wrong with project bags and i just want to mention that if you put in an application for our retreat the knockers retreat northern california knitting you should have received notification by now if you got in all the notifications have gone out this is a retreat that will take place next april 2017 And I hope if you wanted to attend that we will see you there. Yeah. And there is a waiting list as well. So hopefully if you're on the waiting list, you'll get a chance to come too. Last year, I think almost everyone who put themselves on the waiting list got in because of unforeseen circumstances, people having to drop out at the last minute. Yep. And there will be a lot of Yarniacs there. So we're super, super, super yes. excited about that. We get to meet Robbie, Photo Knit Gal, is going to be there. So we get to meet her in person yeah. for the first time. And we are yeah. just so excited. So excited. Yes. So, and oh, one more. Just wanted to mention that we will be at Stitches in February of 2017. That's going to be in Santa Clara. We will have a get-together along with Barb and Tracy of the Two Knit Lit Chicks on Saturday afternoon of the event in the bar area. It's just going to be a very casual get-together, come and knit with us type of thing. Yeah, and it's always really, really fun. Yeah. And it's always about the time of the day when you need a break from the show floor anyway. Yes. So it's a really good <laughs> opportunity to take a break because... Hint, hint, after we're done hanging out in the bar, usually the show floor is pretty quiet. So it's a good time to restore your shopping energy to go back in if you want to. Yes, after show and tell. Yeah. (laughs) And then TNNA is going to be in January in San Jose. And if anybody is going to be at TNNA. San Jose? Yeah, please let me know because I'll probably be there. I don't know how many days, but I'll be taking classes at least one day. Oh, cool. So if anybody's there, let me know. That's cool. I didn't know it was in San Jose this year. That's kind of weird. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. We are so thankful 
for all of you, you know, the season of Thanksgiving. We, we are. really, really are thankful for each and every one of you who tune in every other week and listen to us chatter Amazing. on about knitting. We love you guys. We really do. <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate and happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.